Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about Venus's journey through the second decan of Capricorn. Uh, this is an area of the zodiac uh, between 10 and 20 degrees of Capricorn, and we're going to look at some of the transits, including uh, some contact with some fixed stars, including Vega and Rukbat. And we have one aspect during this time period, a sextile to Neptune, with, with Venus making a sextile to Neptune. So let's take a look at our screen and we'll dive right into it. All right. Hope that you're all doing well out there and that you survived the uh, first uh, journey of Venus through the first 10 degrees of Capricorn. Um, during that period of time, we did have Venus making contact with Mars and Uranus through a trine. Uh, and if you remember, during that period of time, we were seeing Venus move through the area of the zodiac that was associated with trying to figure out the advantages and disadvantages of a particular area and where we want to build next and what kind of goals we want to pursue. And uh, we may have gotten some brilliant ideas with the uh, trine with Uranus, and we may have um, been able to use our energy towards uh, finding the right types of resources and figuring out where we want to go next. So that's where we've been. And let's take a look at where we're going. So the time frame that we're going to be looking at is January 16th, which is Saturday at 10.07 a.m. And it moves through Capricorn 2 uh, and ends up at 20 degrees of Capricorn on January the 24th at 9.34 a.m. So we have roughly 12 days here. No, not 12 days, eight days. Eight days worth of Venus moving through the second decan of Capricorn. So what are we looking at with this particular area of the zodiac? Well, let's start out with the planetary condition. Um, if we look at one chart here, we're going to see that Venus is in the domicile of Saturn. So this is any time we are starting out with a planet, we have to look at the area of the zodiac that it's hanging out in and what its host is doing. So in this case, Saturn is in the sign of Aquarius. Uh, it is an aversion to Venus, which means that it isn't necessarily able to witness it by a whole sign aspect. And we see that when we have a planet on either side of a conjunction or either side of the sign that it's in or either side of an opposition. Now, there is some kind of mitigating factor with Venus in uh, one of Saturn's own signs because Saturn is in its own sign right now of Aquarius, the other sign that it rules. So this was a condition called like engirding. So there was a little bit of like a secret connection between Saturn and Venus right now, able to provide resources. So Saturn is concerned right now with uh, taking the, the bird's eye view, uh, being able to um, reform um, collective laws, reform collective agreements that we have as a society right now. Uh, potentially pointing out some of the challenges that we have and some of the things that might not be working. Uh, so those are the types of things that Venus is going to be potentially trying to harmonize as she moves through Capricorn. So Venus is, a, is something that is bringing something together that uh, is, has been separated. So it may be assisting in bringing people together or bringing ideas together but in a more material way. So Venus is moving through the material sign of Saturn in Capricorn, the, the cardinal Earth sign of Capricorn, whereas its host is hanging out in the fixed air sign of Aquarius. So 
Saturn is providing some of the idealized um, significations for Venus right now. Uh, so what else is going on with Venus? Venus is in its own triplicity right now. It is the uh, triplicity lord of the earth signs by day. So it does have communal support for the, the types of things that it wants to do right now. Uh, it will be moving through the terms of Jupiter from 7 to 14 degrees Capricorn, and then through its own terms, the terms of Venus from 14 to 22 degrees of Capricorn. So this is Venus moving through what we call benefic bound lords. And a bound lord was like a planet that was providing uh, a curriculum for the planet and was saying, these are the rules that you need to play by. If the uh, host is providing resources, the bound lord says, this is how you need to use these resources. Okay, so with a benefic bound lord, this is a positive condition for Venus, uh, a little bit easier or more lenient teacher or curriculum provider. Uh, Venus will be moving through the Deccan or face that is ruled by Mars and Venus in the descending Chaldean order uh, method and in the triplicity method. So we've got two different rulers based on what system we're going to do there. Uh, the tarot card associated with this Deccan is the three of pentacles. And in it, we see uh, an, an ornate structure, perhaps like a cathedral that is being built we have an artisan or a craftsman, and he's discussing plans with, uh, you know, a couple other figures that are trying to figure out how to build next. So in the first decade, we were talking about where do we want to build our material structures. And in this particular decade, we're going to be getting down to the business of doing the work necessary. Um, the book T calls this material works. Book of Toth calls it just works. Now in Austin Coppock's book, 36 Faces, he calls this decade the pyramid. So there is, is themes of building and how are we going to build what we want to do next. Uh, the daimon or spirit associated with this area of the zodiac was called Hygieia, which was uh, the goddess of good health. And from this, um, from this word, we have a root word that where we get hygiene from. So this was a daughter of Asclepius, who was uh, one of the primordial Greek healers or a god of healing. Um, and a companion of Aphrodite. And Aphrodite was also associated with cleanliness as well in the tradition. Now, the sisters of Hygieia were pans Panacea, which was also known as a cure-all, and Ioso, which is a remedy or a cure. So we have things of, of cleanliness, of trying to purify within this particular decan as well. Um, and if we have a good plan, we need to kind of figure out what stays and what goes, and how are we going to... Um, cooperate with the people necessary to build our material empire, so to speak. So one of the things to watch out for in this particular decade is a feeling of, of hubris. Uh, in Austin Coppock's book, he talks about um, trying to build a structure towards heaven and the Tower of Babel. So we have to be careful that we're not trying to, to do um, a material method for trying to reach for a spiritual ideal. So that is one thing to keep an eye on. But we may be attracted to building. Um, I've had some clients in the past with, with Venus in this area or their, their seventh house ruler was in this area of the Zodiac. And um, some of them had partners that were literally architects. So that was kind of a really interesting type of thing that I saw come up in this area of the Zodiac. So 
think about glamorizing the the efforts of building, glamorizing working together with others, glamorizing um, material structures and things of that nature. Uh, we are going to be seeing two fixed stars uh, that we're going to talk about today. The first of which is uh, called Vega. And if we look at our chart here, we're going to go forward to January the 20th. Uh, and here on January the 20th, we see Venus at about 15 degrees of Capricorn. And this is, uh, Vega is in the constellation Lyra or the lyre. Uh, and this was the, an instrument of, of Orpheus. Um, this was, Orpheus made this, uh, well, actually Hermes made this. And I'm going to go over to my constellation right here so you can see what we're looking at. So here's the area of the zodiac that we have. And I'll kind of circle it. We've got, uh, here is Sagittarius, the constellation Sagittarius. But this is the area of the zodiac where we find Capricorn too, due to precession and the separation of the sidereal and the tropical zodiac over time. This little white dot in the middle here is actually Venus. You can see Venus is hanging out right in this constellation of Sagittarius. This is where Ruckbot is at, at about 16 degrees of Capricorn. If we go up a little bit further, we can see um, Lyra, okay? So if we are looking in the sky, now we have this uh, constellation right here, Lyra, and here is Vega. It's a very bright star in the sky. And we have an instrument that looks like a, a turtle shell. So this was an instrument made by baby Hermes, little, little baby Hermes. I'm, I'm imagining baby Yoda and his precocious skill set right now. But baby Hermes uh, was very skilled as a baby and made this instrument from a tortoise shell. Um, there are differing stories about whether it had four strings, which would represent the four elements, fire, air, earth, and water, or seven strings, which might represent the um, seven celestial spheres. So this is about harmonizing kind of the cosmos here. Um, and Hermes was able to, to kind of uh, get himself out of some trouble. He stole Apollo's uh, cattle and Apollo was able to find Hermes by following the music of this, this instrument. And eventually, instead of punishing him, he was, he was quite taken with baby Hermes' ability to play this instrument and, and um, you know, kind of overlooked his transgression on some level. So what's going to happen when Venus comes to this particular area of the zodiac? Well, we've got a day. January the 20th. I don't know if that sounds familiar to any of you, but this is going to be um, Inauguration Day in the United States, a pretty big day moving forward. We also have Mars conjoining Uranus on this day. Uh, so potentially we may have some challenges that come up and some, perhaps some violence or some people that are feeling very angry, but maybe Venus is going to be helping to, to soothe the savage beast, so to speak. Uh, Orpheus was able to use this instrument to uh, get the Argonauts out of trouble when they were sailing past the sirens or the get, trying to get sucked into the, the um, oh, I don't know, the, the song of the siren. He was able to, I believe, maybe put them to sleep or something like that with this, with this instrument. So it was said that Orpheus had magical powers with this musical instrument. So perhaps through some music or through some artistic expression, we may see some of those energies being calmed or pacified. 
I know that uh, Lady Gaga is going to be singing the national anthem and Jennifer Lopez will be performing at the inauguration. So maybe they'll have the power of Venus behind them and they can team up on a rendition of Bad Romance and that will soothe the, the, um, the angry mob that, that wants to um, disrupt the proceedings. I don't know. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to see the power of music bring about a peaceful resolution. Um, so a couple other things that happened when Venus was on Vega. Uh, in 1843, uh, Charles Dickens released A Christmas Carol. So it was published as a, as a plea for love and compassion in an era of unbridled, unbridled greed. So another kind of a interesting area of the Zodiac where a, a really interesting story comes up about, well, you know, having um, compassion and generosity for people, potentially in a time frame that was uh, where we were facing some difficulties. So this may be another thing we're experiencing in the 20th where we're, you know, in a, in a time frame where we're trying to transition into something new. We have some civil unrest, but potentially this Venus will be trying to, to be of service through connecting with this potential fixed star through projected ecliptical degree. Now, if we move forward to the next day, we are going to see on the 21st at about 16 degrees of Capricorn. Um, and I'm going to move down on my chart here. Here we see January the 16th, and we're going to move forward to January the 21st, okay? We're going to see Venus hanging out on this fixed star called Rukbat. And it's in the constellation of Sagittarius. And here is Venus right here. I'll make a circle for you here, if you're following along in the video instead of the audio. And this is a, an interesting dichotomy with Vega because Rukbat was in the foot of the centaur, all right. And we can't really see it because we've got the uh, we've got our horizon here. So I'll I'll take away the horizon. We can see this fixed star a little bit better. I believe it's somewhere down here, okay, in the foot of Sagittarius, okay, in this area over here, okay. And there it is. There's Rookbutt, okay. And uh, this particular constellation, Sagittarius, is one of two centaurs in the sky. We have uh, Chiron, which is in a, a different constellation. You can see down here. Okay, there's Chiron. And Sagittarius was, was known as Crotus. And Crotus was the more wild uh, and stormy of the two centaurs, more of the kind of um, wild, passionate, untamed centaur. And we've got two, a dichotomy of um, a horse's body and the, the upper half, the torso of a man. So we have this kind of, um, we're trying to find balance between these wild, untamed influences. And Rukbat is in the foot of the centaur. So we may be standing firm and focused on a target or a goal. You can see that, that uh, Crotus is holding a bow and arrow and he is focused on a goal. Uh, so there may be some kind of uh, stance that we're taking on a particular belief or a particular goal that we have. Um, but this particular area of the zodiac is, is about kind of standing firm on our beliefs. Um, in uh, There's one particular event that stood out in my research. Uh, in 1863, on January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. 
uh, which was freeing the slaves in America. And this was when uh, Venus was near Rukbat as well. There is a dark side to this energy, uh, kind of an uncontrolled cruelty and an, an aggression as well. Um, again, we may be staying firm on, on something that we believe in, but it may be something dark-sided as well. There may be this untamed passion that is trying to be expressed in this area of the zodiac also. Uh, something that came up during my um, research, I, was, um, I had a friend that was posting uh, some artwork that was interesting. It was kind of this very epic artwork, this kind of swords and sandal type of epic artwork with like demons and, and um, you know, like ogres and, and these like muscular men and these beautiful women. And I was, I was doing some research on this piece of art and the artist's name was uh, Frank Frazetta. And Frank Frazetta was like a comic book artist, but also like a high fantasy artist that um, did a lot of work for Conan the Barbarian. So this kind of very epic art that was, you know, expressing beauty, but also uh, this like raw, intense, um, almost you know, like barbaric, I guess is the word you could use too. Uh, and, and it was curious. And I took a look at his chart. And funnily enough, he had Venus on Vega and Mars on Rukbut. So he had Venus at 14 degrees of Capricorn and Mars at 16 degrees of Capricorn. So he was kind of straddling the line of this like very intense raw energy, um, making it into something beautiful, but also kind of like expressing this very, oh, I don't know, this subconscious darkness as well. He was really kind of straddling the line uh, between something taboo and something beautiful. I think he, he was a little bit of a controversial figure with the way that he expressed his art as well. Um, so interesting uh, kind of figure that is, I think, expressing the way that Venus expresses in this particular area of the zodiac. All right, so if we go back to our chart, we can see, and I'll get rid of this circle here, we look at our chart and we move forward a few days, we're going to be seeing Venus making an applying sextile to Neptune, okay? So it'll be applying within three degrees from, from the 20th through the 23rd or so. And this is an interesting uh, combination I think speaks well to the, some of the high fantasy art of Mr. Frazetta, uh, you know, where we are trying to like idealize some something in this particular relationship that we have here. We could be idealizing love. We could be having romantic illusions, putting on the, if we say the cl cliched rose-colored glasses, escapism through pleasure or art. Um, one interesting thing that's going to be happening around this period of time is at 19 degrees of Capricorn. Excuse me. Uh, Venus is going to be going under the sun's beams. So Venus will be within 15 degrees of the sun and disappearing. So we're not going to be able to see Venus anymore when it's within 15 degrees of the sun. So this is kind of Venus doing some of its, uh, its work behind the scenes. So we may be trying to build our empire uh, from a very idealized position, but doing some of the behind-the-scenes work of maybe working with others. And one of the things that's associated with this tarot card, the Three of Pentacles, 
is, you know, receiving recognition for your work or a desire to receive recognition for your work. So this could be something where we are really feeling like we uh, want to receive recognition for our work, but it may be a little bit difficult with Venus going under the beams because it's a little bit invisible. So one of the things I would recommend with this is doing the hard work necessary, cooperating with the people that you need to cooperate with to do the work that you need to do, and releasing some attachment to uh, to really getting the the visible recognition right away. A lot of the times when we're creating ornate structures and doing something great, uh, there is a lot of things behind the scenes that we don't see in the finished product. There's many, many hours of research. There's many hours of refinement that come when we're working on a big project. And there's a lot of helpers that we have along the way that uh, even if we have a solo artist that is expressing something as an individual, uh, they, they didn't create that in a vacuum. One person that comes to mind is Michael Jackson, and, and we think about his, his creative output. But a lot of the things that we don't see is you know, the work of Quincy Jones in the background, his producer, helping him to create these you know, masterpieces of music and all the musicians that went into this, all the producers, all the mixers, everybody that was helpful um, in, in producing uh, a work of art. So think about that when you're, when you're making things is that we don't always get all the, the accolades right away, even if we desire that with Venus moving through this particular area of the zodiac. Uh, sometimes those things come later on. All right, so I did a... Uh, an I Ching reading for all of you with this particular area of the zodiac, Venus moving through this area. And I asked, what is the essence of Venus moving through Capricorn 2 uh, during 2021? And what I received was the hexagram number 42, which is called benefit. And I'll try to draw it here for you. Okay, so in the I Ching, we toss coins and we receive broken and unbroken lines. And here we have two hexagrams, and this is um, where we have uh, number 42, and there was a number of changing lines. So this, this tells me, whenever, have, whenever you have a number of changing lines, that means that this is kind of a fluid situation, that there's a lot of uh, flux going on, a lot of change, and we have 42, and it is moving to the hexagram 15, which is called humility or modesty. So 42 was called benefit or increase. Okay. And since Venus is a benefic planet, it, it should be bringing us good things. Um, and through good fortune. And Venus being a planet of fortune... It is a planet where we don't necessarily have to uh, do anything specific or anything extraneous to receive that good fortune. Sometimes it just comes to us. Yes, we need to tend to the gardens of our life and, and maybe initiate some things every once in a while. But with Venus in a particular area of the zodiac, we have to allow things to come to us. So we may have to allow the right helpers to come to us without being too aggressive about how we go about finding them. We may just have to learn to recognize the people who can support us in our life. Um, so a couple of the phrases that came up in one of the translations that I like of this particular uh, hexagram, number 42, what would you do if you knew that you were blessed? What would you do if you had no limits? 
what would you change for the better? One of the images that comes up with this particular hexagram is the overflowing pot. So this may tell me that, you know, perhaps in your life right now, you have a lot of resources, you have a lot of motivation, you potentially have a lot of helpers around you if you were able to recognize them. So how can you make best use of them? Now, if we look at the changing lines, uh, this is something of a mystery that I've been trying to unfold about how to, to read these different lines, especially if there's four, because they're sometimes they contradict one another. But I like to think about these as we read from the bottom up and see kind of the flow of events and how they are working out at this point. So the bottom line talks about using your blessings, making use of your gifts. Uh, you're blessed with the energy to take on a large task. So that's another kind of thing that we are talking about with the three of pentacles is that we're trying to build some kind of ornate structure, right? We're trying to build some new project. We, we've gotten the impulse that we want to do something new, and now we're taking the actions to put it into motion. In the next changing line, they talk about being increased by means of disaster work, potentially benefiting from unfortunate circumstances. So that's interesting. I mean, we're still going through a pandemic. Uh, we are, you know, I don't know, having to do things in a new and innovative way because we've been separated from our normal routines. So we have to find innovative solutions when we are asked to do things in a new way. And we just had Venus making contact with Uranus. So we may have gotten some brilliant ideas about how we're going to move forward in this new, I guess, digital economy in this new age of, of air. Uh, of, of these Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in, in air signs now instead of in earth signs. So maybe it is about, uh, you know, not becoming so attached about the material methods and decentralizing the way that you go about what you're doing. Um, the, the next changing line that we see up here at the top in the top hexagram, it speaks of recognition through a true kindness and sincerity. So potentially through some of the good works that you've been doing, you may receive some of that recognition. And by being yourself, by being, uh, you know, that phosphorescent uh, glowing goddess that emerges from the sea, uh, you may be able to help others. This is kind of just about like, you know, you don't have to put on a mask or put on some kind of act about who you are or what you can offer. Uh, you just kind of have to be yourself and be true to yourself and, and you'll be able to provide benefit for somebody. And this brings us to the last line, and I think this is the, the most important one in this reading. It says, careful to avoid opportunism. Don't follow every path just to increase yourself without giving. There is a danger of inconsistency or inconstancy. Okay, so this, this is the, the, the warning not to do more than we are capable of doing. One of the dangers of this particular decan is that we may be a little bit blinded by our illusions, and we do have a contact with Venus and Neptune, so we may be shooting for the moon when really all we need to do is, is uh, try to do the next step or do something a little bit simpler or a little bit more, something less complicated, okay? Um, something that is a little bit earthier or a little bit uh, within our capabilities of sustaining over time. So just be careful not to, to, you know, get involved with a hubristic vision. Um, try not to build that tower to heaven. Just, just do the, the daily activities that will help to move you forward with humility. And humility, number 15, talks about uh, one of the questions that come up with this, and I like these focus questions. It says, what is the simple reality? How can you return to a state of balance? What if it didn't depend 
on you. That's interesting too, because uh, one of the things that's been coming up over and over again in Capricorn, in all of the you know Deccan work that I've been doing with it, with various planets moving through it, uh, with this new moon in Capricorn three, uh, this this came up in this reading uh, for the new moon as well, is you know a lot of times Capricorn energy we feel like we have to take on responsibilities, like like in a very Saturnian way, we take on the weight of the world, and I think that. By understanding what is your true responsibility and what is you need to delegate to others that you know you know you may not be able to take on or have control over everything, uh, that can really lead to some good realizations and to be more balanced in the way that you express yourself. Remember, there is some mythology with this area of the zodiac related to uh, the sea goat Precus, who was trying to to keep his his children from leaving the sea. And was trying to control everything, and eventually he had to learn that he he couldn't he couldn't control uh, the 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 passage of time, and he couldn't keep his his little sea goat children from leaving and turning into regular goats, thus le- losing the ability to speak or to think. And this was very sad for him. But uh, he eventually had to let go, and eventually had to realize that that he um, did as much as he could, and he he still could not control that change of time that that entropy, that decay. Um, so one of the things to think about is your integrity will help you to create success with Venus in this area of the Zodiac. So be honest about your capabilities, be honest about your capacity. And if you are feeling like you are taking on too much, be willing to humble yourself and say, you know what, I've, I've taken on enough and it's time for me to delegate this and to team up and to, and to really, uh, you might be able to do more as part of a team rather than just taking on the weight of the world yourself. Uh, so that's something to think about as we move forward with Venus in the second decade of Capricorn. All right, so that's what I've got for you today. I hope that this was helpful for you. Um, I'm doing like a new uh, kind of a series on the decans. So if you want to check out more information about the decans, there will be a playlist on my channel called the decans. And then I'm kind of going through each planet as it moves through each individual decan throughout the transits of 2021. And you can find the playlist 2021 transits on my channel as well. If you enjoy the work that I do, I do have a few donation links. I have a Venmo at Spencer Michaud or a PayPal me donation link that should be linked in this video. Uh, you can also support the work that I do by reaching out and scheduling a reading. Um, I love to do readings. I love to, to teach as well. I'm doing some astrological tutoring right now as well. So there's opportunities for that. You can find that on my website, spencermichaud.com. Another way that you can support the work that I do is by clicking that subscribe button, clicking the like button, leaving a comment in the, in the video. Uh, that is a really great way to give me some feedback on, on how these experiences are playing out for you. And uh, I like to have conversations through, through the YouTube channel and, and through the different um, ways that you're receiving this content. I did want to also tell all of you that I'm, uh, this podcast is now on Spotify as well. So if that's the way that you uh, consume your content, that's a great way to, if you want to follow Spencer Michaud Astrology on Spotify, that will be uh, a place where you can find the work that I do as well. All right, everyone. That's what I've got for today. I hope that you're all doing well. I hope that you're all building your, your castles with humility and uh, being kind to one another and allowing the good things in life to come to you. So I will talk to you soon. Peace.